We're talking about authority this morning. And I want you just to think, what comes to mind when you hear the word authority? It doesn't need to be a spiritual thing. What comes? <laughs> Let's hear. That sounded like a good one. His wife. There we go. I like that one. Anyone can better that. <laughs> there we go. My wife. Yeah, now we can have all the men, you know. Otherwise, they'll get in trouble when they get home. Husbands. There we go. What else comes to mind when you hear authority? Police. Government. Have to shout loud? Um, parents. That's a good one. We hope. <laughs> we hope they see us as the authority. There's so many different things. When we look at the word authority, different ones of us picture different things. And the question is, what is the difference between power and authority? You know, power, we see a really strong person. But authority, okay, picture the scene. It's, it's rush hour. Okay, the traffic is heaving. There are trucks, buses, bottom of Argyle Road. You imagine the scene. There are four-by-fours with powerful businessmen and women driving everywhere. And it's load shedding. So the traffic lights are out of order. We know all about the load shedding. Actually, we need to give a prayer of thanks because we were down, this church was down to go out today, 8 till 10 or something like that. So we can thank God that we've actually got lights. Anyway, a little tiny little man walks into the middle of the road, of the intersection, in a uniform, lifts up his hand, and what happens? The traffic stops, other than a few taxis that kind of try and try their luck. But what is it? That man does not have power in himself, but he has so much more because he has authority. It's about the power that is behind him. It's about the power of the corporation that he serves. So he stands there with delegated authority, and it's all about the power that is behind him that he represents. That is what authority is, delegated power. So if, if someone goes and they say, I've come in the name of Mandy Pearson, it might not have much impact. They say, I've come in the name of the Queen of England, then could have a lot of impact. It's all about the power behind that name. So that's the first important thing, that that's what authority is. The second thing is, authority can be good or bad. I mean, you look at those symbols and... You probably even feel emotions with them when you see the swastika, when you see the United Nations, the communist flag, the Red Cross. Authority may be genuine authority, but it can be good or, or bad. The third thing is, it needs to be given. Authority needs to be given to someone. Julius Malema, I don't know if any of you have been reading all his um, election promises. He's been promising to treble wages, expropriate land, do all sorts of things which some of the things would be good if they could happen without the economy collapsing. But those things, he does not have the authority to do that unless it is given to him. And that is in the case by being elected by the people. We were at um, Addington Hospital um, a few, was a couple of months ago uh, with David Goldstone. And just a reminder while we're at it, there's a visit this Thursday. So I really encourage you to go along, half past six at, at the church. But we were there and there was a difficult matron who said, oh, we're in visiting hours. Who gave you the right to come here, you know, talk to people? So David pulls out a card, and on it is signed by Mutsaledi, Dr. Mutsaledi, the Minister of Health. There's his picture, Dr. Mutsaledi, and it's signed, saying, David has the authority to do this. So that was, it wasn't about David, but it was about the power in the name, the power behind that. 
so, yeah, that was, we see there that you need to be given that power, and he was given it. The next thing is, it's not about the messenger. It didn't matter who David was, whether he had been, he had medical experience for many years, or if he was a bishop. It was about that he'd been given the relevant authority. Hypothetically, if I happen to be late, very late for something, and I'm approaching a traffic light, and it happens to turn orange. Now, hypothetically, of course, I may choose to put my foot on the accelerator. But if there was a police car next to me, I think my foot would go for the brake more readily. Of course, that is hypothetical. It doesn't matter about the credentials of the person driving that police car. It doesn't matter if they've been a policeman for a month. What, it doesn't matter anything about them. It's about the authority that they represent. So I want us to look. The, the scripture reading this morning spoke about authority. What does authority mean to us as Christians? The first thing I want to say is that Jesus has complete authority. There are quite a few verses that are going to go up. I'm not going to go through all of them. But maybe look at the underlined parts where it says that all things were created in Jesus. He sustains everything. He sustains everything by his word. There are so many things we see. All the Father's authority has been given to him. All things hold together in Jesus. All things. So you are part of all things. You hold together in Jesus. The world holds together in Jesus. And Jesus has been exalted to the highest place and given the name above every name. We say in Jesus' name. We can sometimes just let it slip off our tongue. But that is the name. I spoke earlier. If you come in Mandy Pearson's name or you come in the Queen of England's name, that is the name we are speaking when we say, in Jesus' name. The second thing I want to speak about is that Jesus' name is good. Okay, I'm going to test how Anglicanized the 9 o'clock services. God is good all the time. There we go. There are a few Anglicans around here. Okay, we're doing okay. But that is scriptural. It's based on scripture. Throughout scripture, we hear the words, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. We read that there is no darkness, no sin in God. And we know that Jesus is the exact representation of the exact being that God is. And he is sinless. There's no darkness. And he said, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So as we look at that authority, that's really comforting to know. We know that Jesus has all authority. And the authority he brings is good. That's wonderful. When we're struggling, whatever it may be, we know that Jesus is good, the Lord of our lives. But it doesn't end there. The next point is that Jesus has delegated that authority. From our gospel reading, Jesus called the 12, and it says he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, heal every disease and sickness. As you go, proclaim the message of God, and it carries on. Freely you have received, freely give. Then, he gathers the 72. You can see where this is heading. He gathers the 72 together. And he sends them out two by two. He gives them the authority. He says, if people listen to you, they listen to me. If they reject you, they reject me. And he tells them to preach the, the good news, to heal the sick, to drive out evil spirits. And they come back and they say, oh, wow, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. It wasn't in their name. It was in Jesus' name. And then we see Jesus at the end of his ministry, John 14. He says, 
Whoever believes in me. Do you believe in Jesus? Okay. Whoever, that includes you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and even greater. Because I'm going to the Father. And then Jesus could send the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we all would operate in that power. Whoever believes in me. I want to read a couple of verses from our Ephesians reading. And as I read them, I want you to think of where you are. Maybe you're struggling, feeling overcome. By, maybe there's, you're feeling there's a attack on your life. Maybe sickness. Maybe you know someone's sickness. Maybe wherever you may be, what are these words? What are these, the power these words are saying? It's Paul praying for the Ephesians. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, now listen to how he compares that power that is working in us. He says that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. When, they raised, when Jesus was raised from the dead, that same power is in us and seated in him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. What a picture of the power, incomparable great power for each one of us who believe. That authority, that power has been delegated to you, to me, to every one of us who believe in Jesus. That is the power. When we say in Jesus' name, we're not just saying words. We are speaking the power of Jesus. And we have been given that authority. It's incredible. It's, it's really awesome to think. At the prayer course, we were looking at the, the love of God and the goodness and the intimacy, how he just draws himself. But also he sends us out and he equips us. It's an incredible picture, but it leads us on to that it's not about the messenger. Because I don't know if you like me, sometimes I feel intimidated. That cop, you don't look at the policeman and say, oh, he's wimpish, he hasn't got much muscle there. Or you don't look and say, he's only got one month in the job. He has been given the authority. No matter how long he's been in the job for, no matter anything about him, he stands with that authority. We are Christ's ambassadors. Just like you have the Swedish ambassador, we are Christ's ambassador. By saying we are a Christian, we're saying that we stand for Jesus. We are his representatives. I'm reminded of this constantly. Sometimes I'll give a message and afterwards I will think, Lord, I just, I didn't do a good job there. And I, I feel that accountability because it's a responsibility to give a message. And I'll be cross with myself afterwards, whatever, and I'll pray about it. And often, when that happens to me, the number of people who will come to me and say, wow, that message really spoke to me. And it's how God works despite us. It's his power at work. It's not our own. It's not our own words. It's God's work in us. And that is what we need to realize. So we need to realize Jesus' power, is com his authority is complete. It's good that it's been delegated to us, and it's not about us. What are we doing with that authority that has been given to each one of us? You can abuse it. There are three things I'm going to talk about to finish off with it. You can abuse that power. There are many instances when we think of abuse of authority. We can think of big houses, airplanes, all sorts of other things. But in the church, there's also been an abuse of authority. The Pharisees... They abused the authority. They created thousands of laws. They weren't God's laws. People had to watch every single thing they did because they believed that was what God wanted them to do. 
And that's why Jesus had to come. To say, this is who I am. Even after that, there are many other examples. We had the selling of indulgences. I don't know if any of you heard of that. Any of you watched the Luther movie? Brilliant movie. As soon as the coin and the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. So the belief that people, when they die, they suffer till all their sins are kind of burnt up, and then they go to heaven. But if you paid indulgences, you would get them to heaven. That, I mean, there are many abuses throughout the church, and even today we see abuses, and I'm talking across denominations. But it's a challenge for us. Do we ever abuse the authority given to us? We need to treat it responsibly. That's important, but maybe the bigger issue for us is the second one, which is to disuse that authority that is given. You know, working in Mumbai and working in different places, I've come across some amazing social workers. I've also come across social workers who don't seem to do much. They seem to have lots of tea and enjoy being called a social worker and enjoy the package. And there are children who are suffering. There are uh, child-headed households and they're not being fed. There are people broken and they are not doing their job and it makes me mad. As Christians, we've been given authority. There's a broken world. I mean, I get, yeah, I just, I think the older I get, I realize more and more the brokenness around. We've been given that responsibility, that authority. What are we doing? Are we sitting back calling ourselves Christians? God has called us. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And we're all called to be workers. You know, he's, Jesus was saying in that gospel reading, it said, the people were harassed and helpless. That's that broken world. But Jesus has called us to bring life into the world. You may feel incapable. You may feel intimidated. You know, really, who am I to, to do that? I haven't got the year's experience. I haven't got, I'm not ordained. I'm not this. I'm not that. I've had, had times when, um, well, the next one is sometimes you feel you failed. You've done something. And you feel, I just, I haven't done it. I, I've had where there were five people praying for other people being healed. And I think the four other people were healed and the person I prayed for wasn't healed. And I remember that very well. It's like, Lord, what's going on here? And, you know, there are other times when I know other people where things have happened and you can get discouraged. I can say, oh, well, I'm not going to pray for anyone because obviously I haven't got the gift of healing. But how untrue that is. Then I would have stopped long ago praying for people. Gary Player said the harder he, he, try, the harder he practices, the luckier he gets. I think sometimes we can apply that to our, our Christian walk in a funny way. The, you know, the more we pray for people for healing, that God will just use it and we'll see his hand at work through us. It's about the name that we represent. It's not about us. My eight-year-old had a play date on, on Friday and she came to me afterwards and she said to me, it was with a Muslim girl, and she said to me, Mommy, I was telling her about Jesus and I said to her, I've got, um, I've got a, a Bible and she can read more. I'll bring it to school if she wants to. She can keep it in her locker so she doesn't have to take it home. And, and if she wants to know more about Jesus, I'll tell her. And she can come along. She can stay over on a Saturday night. And she was going on. She was really excited. I thought, wow. How, you, I can understand why Jesus says, come to me as a child. Because we think we have to have the right words. We have to have the right knowledge. We have to, what happens if we pray and they're not healed and we look stupid? What happens, what happens, what happens? But we see a child who just knows it's about Jesus. It's about the authority to bring his healing, his life to a broken world. And that is the picture I'd like to give us and the prayer 
is that we know the power in Jesus' name, that it's not about us, that he has overcome, that he would use us to bring his healing to that broken world out there. You might know someone who doesn't know Jesus. You might know someone needing prayer for healing. You might, whatever it may be, there's power in Jesus' name. We need to stand in faith on that name. I want to close off by reading that Ephesians reading as a prayer. And then Les is going to play quietly. And I want to encourage you, if there's something in your life, we're going to have some people come up to, to pray for you. Just simple, not long prayers, just whatever it is. You can speak it out and just say, in Jesus' name, be healed. It might be for someone else, healing for someone you know and love for yourself. It might be someone you want to come to know the Lord. It might be something you're feeling is attacking you in your life. Whatever is on your heart, I encourage you. It's not saying that the people praying for you have the ability. All of us, we need to go out and be praying for those around us. It's so important. So I encourage you after that just to come and, and receive. So if we close our eyes. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. So I encourage you just to come and receive. I know that my Redeemer lives, and now I stand on what He did, my Savior lives. Every day a brand new chance to there, Jesus, you are the only way, my Savior, my Savior name of Christ. Amen. Our God will reign forever and all the world will know his name. Everyone together
beautiful. Tell you, anybody who's ever seen 